Good evening. My name is Howard Wooden, and I'm here to help coordinate and moderate the South Burlington School District budget presentation. I want to introduce who we have on our panel here tonight. Uh, I'll start with the students here because they're right here. Um, my first student here is Cole Patnoit. Patno, and you're a junior, correct, correct. Cole? Yes. And then this is Arnel Husarevich. Yes, exactly. And I was working on that one for the last five yes. minutes, and, <laughs> uh, and Arnell is a, uh, a senior. And then we have the, we're lucky to have Elizabeth Fitzgerald, who's the school board chair here tonight, and the business manager, Amadi Denton. I said that right, right? You did, thank you. And of course, <laughs> Superintendent David Young, who has done this for a while and we've, we know each other pretty well. David, I'm gonna turn this um, presentation over to you, but I do wanna remind our viewers that if you would like to call in a, a question, we do have um, a way that you can call it in, and all you have to do is dial 862-3966. That's 862-3966, and we'd love to get a live question. I'm sure these folks would too. So, David, I'll turn it over to you. Great, thank you, Howard, and uh, thanks again for um, Channel 17 hosting us. Um, again, we have a, a lot of folks here, but it's obviously important to us, and we're gonna walk you through our, our uh, presentation. Each of us will have a few things that we'll share, and we do wanna leave a little bit of time. Hopefully, it'll be a call-in, and we also have a few questions if, uh, if there's some time that uh, we can respond to that were kind of our frequently asked questions. So this is our 2020, it's hard to say that, seems like time is really flying here, but this is our budget uh, information for uh, 2020. I'm gonna hope that I can move through this without error messages, but first slide is um, our recommended budget objectives. And one of the things when we first start out, um, the school board provides some directions uh, to me, and then we formulate kind of our objectives for the year. And what you see here are uh, just a um, kind of a quick outline of the things that we're considering around building the budget for the future. And the first out of that is just opportunities um, that we wanna make sure that we sustain uh, for the year ahead for our students. We know that opportunities, both academic and um, other kind of co-curricular uh, type events are important. So this budget works to achieve that. Also our continuous improvement plan, these are kind of our, our plans around how we continue to improve. Uh, we look at assessment, we look at professional development, and lastly, also about making sure that students and staff feel safe in places where they teach and learn. Uh, so those are, again, quick overview of our objectives um, of our um, budget. And I know, David, that you guys have an incredible process, um, very inclusive process to, to even come up with these things. So it's, uh, it's kind of amazing to me. Right, right. So next uh, is the student outcomes, and we want to let uh, both uh, Arnell and, and Cole take the lead on this one. Yeah, so I'm obviously in my senior year now, and uh, I've gone through all 12 years of, of Chamberlain School to FHTMS to high school, and so I've really gotten firsthand experience of all the programs and amazing opportunities that our schools offer, and obviously I've now been able to get accepted into my top choice in college, which is American University in Washington, D.C., so I really yeah. attribute that to how our school has helped me get to that point. And I always talk about last summer after junior year, I went to a Vermont Boys State in St. Johnsbury, Vermont, where we really got to experience kind of a political climate and working with all boys around the state. And I know there was a girl state as well. And that wouldn't have been possible without our guidance department being able to help fund us that and help get us to that point. And that was obviously a turning point for me. Um, and obviously as I've gone, I always talk about Chamberlain School, 
is where I started and that was always a place where I always felt really welcomed. And I, and, and I mentioned how it's helped me for college, but there are a lot of opportunities for students that aren't going to college after high school. I know just recently there's a lot of workshops that are career development center posts for students who don't maybe see college as their post high school plan. And so there's always kind of movement around how to help students in any way. And, um, and then also I always talk about how there's a lot of dual enrollment with college classes. So we can take classes at UVM and at CCV for free. We get two free vouchers and I know Cole uh, takes that as an advantage and if you can talk about that. Yeah, so um, as a high school student, you get two vouchers for dual enrollment and you get to take two college courses for free. And then you also have the ability to take early college, which is where you're taking your last year of high school and your first year of college simultaneously. And so I know a lot of our students here at the high school take advantage of that. Um, our school has a huge uh, like, spectrum of our after school activities that get funded. And so like I as myself, I'm the student school board representative. Mm -hmm. I'm um, the junior class secretary for student council. I do so much with the drama program, both at the middle school and the high school. And the, wh when I say the middle school, we have the career development center at our high school, where they help you with like in getting internships in fields that you might want to go into. And so um, one of the internships that I've done is I help mentor middle school students with um, their drama department. And so I like I help them with scene changes and learning their lines and all that kind of stuff. And then I've also done an internship in our school as a teaching assistant because I think I want to go into education. And so um, I was able to be a teaching assistant in a math class. And so that was a really great opportunity that our school provides. Um, something that's like a big draw to our school that's like awesome is that we're ranked one of the like best high schools and like best districts in the state and so like it's just cool to like have that on your back like be, being able to be like I go to South Burlington and so um, it's cool being able to be, say that. <laughs> nice. So I'm going to recap uh, briefly what um, our budget looks like for the 2020 year. Uh, we are uh, asking for a 4.15% total expense increase. Uh, some of the key contributors to that percentage increase, uh, we have a $1,018,993 benefit in salary contingency increase for the upcoming year. We are currently collectively bargaining for three of our employment groups. Um, we have an 11.8% uh, health care uh, premium increase, so that's mm -hmm. a large part of this. Um, something that's not really in our control. We have $538,074 in increase in our continuing services. So basically, things that we do today, moving to the next year, agreements with tuition for tuitioning students out of the schools in special needs. Um, we have a bond principal payment for the first time on a bond that we started in last school year. Um, contracts with vendors for uh, preventative maintenance service agreements and vocational expenses are increasing for and we have a larger number of students attending vocational so it's uh, part of that increase and we have some lease payment obligations that are in that as well and then we have an additional seven hundred and seventeen thousand three hundred one dollars for um, recommended additions in our budget which we will cover in the next couple of slides 
Um, also, one of the parts of our budget is revenue that we get not from taxpayer dollars. And um, unfortunately, in 2020, we're going to see a decrease in that revenue coming into the school district of about $746,154. Um, some of the key contributors, or the very large key contributor to that, is um, Act 85 was the health care recapture rule that um, resulted in a loss over a two-year fiscal year period of uh, $468,000. And so what that means is we spent down some of our fund balance to cover that l income that wasn't coming from the state, uh, from the Ed Fund. So our um, undesignated fund balance is now at a reduction of $386,000 from prior fiscal year. Um, there was a couple of errors in uh, revenue that was projected for 19. That is not going to happen in 20, so that was a $190,000 loss. And the, re the larger remaining piece of the reduction is um, special education revenue is, is predicted to come in at like $237,000 less than our current 2019. That's largely due, in fact, to the way the, f the funding model is changing in the next fiscal year. There are going to be higher thresholds before they reimburse you at a higher percentage. And yeah, so things are changing, ever-evolving in schools <laughs> and the financial part of that. So I, I, I want to just pause for a second, Howard, and say that, first of all, there's a lot of information going before viewers. Um, important to note that we have all of this information on our website. Correct. Um, along with all of the kind of the school board meetings that have happened in the past but hopefully people who if they want to dig in a little bit deeper and, and review it they can go back there in addition we also have our budget book that's available both online or if people want it they can let us know and we will send them a copy a hard copy as well I want to move on uh, just to talk a little bit about um, the recommended additions again Amity alluded to those additions um, just a, a slide ago and so we'll just do a quick recap of some of the things that are that are uh, different or are being added uh, to this um, this 2020 budget. So first thing, uh, EEE, which is early essential education for our youngest learners. We've had a program at both our Orchard and Chamberlain schools, and this um, addition would bring it into our Rick Marcotte school, which is over by the city center. So there's some staff being added to that particular area, and again, a big part of a triple E or all of our early child education is really to ensure that there's a solid foundation for our students. Obviously a solid foundation allows for things to happen positively after that. Because of that and not paying out to some of our providers, there's going to be a reduction because that, that revenue will stay with us. So that's that second bullet. We're making some changes in the, in the delivery uh, service uh, at, the, at the school level. So some paraeducators are being reduced and we're adding some additional uh, special educators. Again, wonderful people. We have a, a good number of paraeducators that support our learners, but nonetheless looking at those that um, are compensated uh, to help uh, do the, the necessary work that's needed. Point five guidance uh, at the high school, we have obviously a, a good number of guidance counselors. We have some that have been fractional or, or not quite full-time. This brings some of them up to full-time. And the main purpose there is that when your counselor isn't there on you know, a, a Thursday afternoon, that's hard for or two days a week, that's hard. And so this will um, increase some of that. And then lastly is security. Uh, safety officer is actually what we call this position. And this is un unfortunate. I mean, these are some of the things that, um, you know, we wish we didn't have to include. It's a public-related safety issue, but nonetheless, the school district uh, is has that. We currently have three. This adds another for four. And these are individuals that are typically in our front entryways of our buildings. We have five buildings, so we'll be figuring out how we will get, um, you know, uh, all five covered as well. 
in addition to what David had um, just finished reading, we have other um, asks for the budget, and that is an increase or an additional part-time position in the operation and finance office where I'm working. Um, we've undergone a lot of state initiatives and are continuing to move in those directions. There's going to be a new chart of accounts and a new um, fiscal software that is being, you know, rolled into our job. So we're trying to do our daily work and learn a new software and build these new. So there, there's just a really large need. And we've had a few other new softwares from the state level that have just created a lot of extra work. So we're asking for an, a little part-time position in our office to help with those um, needs going forward even. Um, we are adding for a .12 FTE assistant student mentor coordinator, which is a position that we currently have, it's being funded by an outside source, and in order to maintain that position, we're asking for a small $4,000 um, increase in the budget to just maintain that position. And that person works coordinating mentors with adults in the school, students with adults in the schools. Um, we uh, have a citizen's budget advisory committee, and one of the um, desires of the committee was because we're spending down our fund balance due to that loss of revenue from the state, they felt it was important that we put a little money in as a contingency. In the event something like this happens, that we might have a little bit of a cushion. So we are going to add 100000 for that um, just as our you know contingency plan. <laughs> Um, we do have 134941 in the budget for uh, facility stewardship and maintenance projects that are planned. They're not our large projects because we have our master planning and visioning program going on right now, which is looking at the needs of the high school and the middle school and where those buildings might be headed. So we're doing what we have to do to keep our buildings safe and secure and um, operating for our students. Um, and then other, the other three other schools also have some projects in them. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, this also includes the lease purchase of two new school buses. Each year we have, a, as part of our uh, stewardship plan, we do have a, a rolling cycle of replacement on school buses as they get uh, past 10 years, we try to replace them. So these two will replace two older buses. So that total additions of what Mr. Young covered and myself is the $717,301 for additions. So moving right along, this is again, this is a quick, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on here, but this breaks down on the expenditure side. Obviously you can see the revenue. On the expenditure side you can see that, you know, the, the, the buckets, the, the larger buckets that add up to uh, the 4.15 increase. There's some obviously uh, pretty significant increases that look on the percent wise, but when you look at the total uh, dollar amount. 4.15 um, again as Amity said on the expenditure side. I do want I do want to just uh, make sure that you know Amity mentioned the budget advisory the school board really has been great to you know look for participation from the community and mm -hmm. uh, we welcome folks to come to the school board meetings and the budget advisory group has been a really good arm um, that supported the administration and also the board in bringing perspective from the community from where they see it and that's always that's been something really really strong that actually Elizabeth was a strong advocate on that way back a good number of years ago 14 <laughs> years ago Elizabeth has been on the board so um, anyway um, this is a quick just a, a quick pie chart that um, gives a little bit of um, you know visual on where where the budget is uh, spending obviously a big chunk of that is the um, salaries uh, and benefits um, this is our again kind of a quick overview of our budget, where, how that tax rate gets made up. Lower left-hand corner is about our equalized pupils, the number of students that are actually counted, not seated, but students at the high school get a little bit more than the elementary. 
Top left is our, over, our overall expenditure, which you've heard uh, Amity talk about earlier in the slides. The top is our revenues, and again, you've heard Amity talk about that and that reduction. Uh, our yield, which is set by the state, and the common level of appraisal set by the state. All those factors go into that property tax. I might add, though, you can't do the up you know, and downs across around those circles and think you're going to get to the to the percent increase, and we'll show you that in just a quick second here. Uh, this actually is a, is a really good process for uh, folks if they want to know more about how education funding is done. It's still kind of complicated to, to explain, but the math here is, is, I think, really helpful. So our expenditures of the $51 million uh, is subtracted by our local revenues, which again was what Amity went over and told you that there was less. That then equals our ed spending. That's divided by the number of students, what we call equalized students. It's then, that equals what we call our ed spending per equalized pupil. We then divide that by the property tax yield that used to be referred to in the past, our base education amount. It's now called the property yield, again, set by the state. Um, and that equals what we then call our equalized res residential property tax um, uh, rate. That's then divided by how homes are being sold, which is called the common level of appraisal. And for us, it's 93.28%. And that gets us to uh, the tax rate of $1.6026. Um, there's a lot in there. And again, I would refer people back to, uh, you know, look at, the, look at this uh, presentation. And there's a lot also in the budget book to help folks really understand that and what goes on there. Uh, a little bit on our staffing. Um, our staffing, obviously, uh, pretty in our enrollments from last current year to next year, and our current um, staffing levels really are are unchanged. Uh, we may uh, need to move some staff. These are our core teachers that are you know in the classroom. Um, so again, just making sure that folks are aware. Our enrollments going up, projected a little bit, which is different than most, yeah. and our core staffing are staying the same as well. I'm going to just spend a minute uh, looking at some tax rate history, which again is available on the website and I think helps frame things for our, our community members. But um, if you look at the, the last five years of tax rate history, we have seen three years of declining tax rates and we are seeing an increase this year, um, which is still lower than the 2016 rate. But that's largely driven by the factors that Amy and David have gone over in terms of decreasing revenue, but also some uh, strategic investments in some areas that we believe really will benefit our students. Um, can, if, can I just absolutely. speak to the yeah. anomaly in 2019 yeah. too, that so folks can understand that yield comes from the state and last year at the very end of the legislative session they did, they raised that yield so that significantly dropped the tax rate when we were proposing our budget and sitting at this you folks were sitting at this table last year i think the pay the actual tax rate was almost identical to what it is what we're asking for this year so just to put that in perspective for folks it's a challenge for us because when we come in these big large swings you know, it's a it's a tough sell sometimes, and that's why that happened. The state actually gave a one-time funding into the education fund to help bring it to a healthier place. This year, we have been told it's a much healthier fund because they've changed how it's funded. It comes from sales tax right. revenue and lottery revenue and things, so it's a little bit healthier than when we've started in past years. So. I just wanted people to understand why the big dip in that tax rate. No, that's a great description, Amity. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And as far as looking at, one of the questions we often get from community members is the disconnect between 
the rev or the um, expenditure increase and the tax rate increase. And as Amity mentioned, there's a number of variables that are outside the school district's control. And David went through that complicated formula. Um, but what we wanted to show here is really a, a multi-year um, history. And if you, if the average taxpayer will look at this, we looked at five and ten-year averages. And in terms of spending, proposed spending increases, the five-year average is about 3.2 percent. The ten-year average is about 2.2 percent. And that translates into tax rate changes that uh, range from uh, anywhere from uh, negative, you know, 5.98 percent to increases of 3. Uh, actually, the highest was 6 percent. But back in 2020, of what we're asking for is 3.36 percent. So again, I think the process we've gone through is very fiscally prudent and really focuses on what delivers a, a quality program for our, our students. Um, this slide looks very complicated, <laughs> so it's tough to see, but um, it just overviews the city and the school budgets and the tax rates associated with each of those budgets. And one of the questions that we found was very common was, well, the city's budget is increasing 12%, but their tax rate's only 4.79. Um, they have some footnotes as to why that would be, and they have a lot of offsets to their revenue, by revenue, like we have some, but they have a significant amount more, so it only really results in a very small tax increase from their side. From the school side, um, again, we have that 4.15% increase on the tax, or on the total spending. However, the loss of revenue makes our tax rate up a little more than normal, or not normal, but past history. Um, but it makes up a bigger chunk of that 3.7 combined um, tax rate increase. Um, and the lower half of the chart that you can see online, um, it just shows a uh, taxpayer's uh, rate from last year versus this year and what they might see as an increase in their tax bill. Um, and then the second column shows the value, uh, the, the um, average condo value for South Burlington and the third column shows the average home site value um, in South Burlington. So you would see a $178 increase if you had a condo uh, at that $232,000 and a $259 annual increase in um, tax for a home valued at $337. Yeah, and those averages, I think, are important to remember. I mean, that, that's just what that's what the averages are. And again, people who really we want not to be deceptive because those those could change to be more favorable or less favorable. It's really important on the one hundred thousand is to do that assessment based on that. But that that concludes Howard our our, our presentation pretty quickly. And uh, again, on, on behalf of the school district and. You know, I'm extremely proud. You know, we have a school board that has been steady with us, and we have worked hard, I think, as a community to really, you know, support our students and also be sensitive to the to the financial burden, which you often hear um, our school board, particularly Elizabeth, talk about that that delicate balance. Well, perhaps I could ask a question. Is that since we didn't have anyone call in with mm -hmm. one, and you still can eight six two three nine six six. But, um, for example, if the budget is increasing by 4.15%, uh, how is that the tax rate is increasing by a smaller percentage? I mean, I think people want to know one's higher than the other, and how does that happen? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, so we've kind of covered it, but again, the property tax base is, the rate is not based upon our total expense budget. That is a, a variable in it, but it takes that total expense, um, then our net revenue of local non-taxpayer revenue is reducing that expense budget to give us what's called our um, net ed spending per equalized pupil. Um, and from there, the schools are funded through the state education 
uh, fund, which again, mm -hmm. we were talking about that fund is fairly healthy this year, so that yield plays a factor in how the tax rate is calculated. So because the yield is a little higher this year than it was in historically, um, it brings our tax rate down lower than our budget increase, even though it is, um, even though we have a loss of local revenue, it still brings the tax rate down, uh, increase down below the rate, the actual rate of our budget increase. That's great. Well, I think we're just about out of time. So um, I want to thank all of you again for showing up this year. Mm -hmm. And good luck, Arnell. <coughs> thank, you. That's thank you. Great news. And Cole, maybe we can see you again next year yes. for this. <laughs> well, we really appreciate it. Thank you, David, again. Yeah, once again, you, a great, uh, great uh, panel thank and very, us. very interesting stuff. So <laughs> congratulations on another uh, good year. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate thank it. You. And again, folks, uh, you know, tune in to Channel 17 anytime. You can find us online, and you can also find the South Burlington links to South Burlington's budgets is there, there as well. And don't hesitate to contact these folks if you have any questions. Thank you very much.